Hi, I'm Pastor Kaylee. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Wood Street Chapel in Fortuna, California. You can find out more information about our church at www.woodstreetchapel.org. And so as, as we come to this next stop, I, I have a question. Have you ever been cleaning out your closet? Have you ever maybe cleaned out an attic and stumbled across a bunch of old family photos? Maybe, maybe we all have th- that box, right, that uh, has all of that stuff in it. And sometimes it's fun to be able to look back at specific points in your family history, taking in the memories, taking in the people, the events, everything that, that those represent. Now I'm going to ask another question. Have you ever been friends or acquaintances with someone who found a bunch of old family photos in an attic or a closet who then proceed to take the next three hours reviewing each one in excruciating detail with you? Explaining the food that they ate before they took that picture. What the weather was like that morning. What the stage the moon was in when, when that, that photo was taken. The color of pants that Aunt Edna was wearing when she was behind the camera taking that picture. Getting to that level of detail <laughs> just doesn't quite feel the same. <laughs> it's just not quite as impactful. Why do you think that is? It's not about me. It, it's not about me. It, it, it doesn't have anything to do with me. It doesn't impact my life. This is great that you like the color of pants that Anna was wearing, but that does not change anything for me in how I go about living my life. This morning, we're going to be moving on to a, a famous and maybe famously skipped part of scripture. It's the first nine chapters of the book of Chronicles, first Chronicles. Now, I was tempted as a cruel joke to randomly pull nine people's names out of a hat and make them read those first nine chapters out loud, because for those of you that don't know, it is some, a collection of some of the most impossible to pronounce Bible names that you will ever find. <laughs> That didn't seem like a very loving thing to do. And it seemed like it would also have a negative impact on attendance next week. So we'll we'll skip on that for now. Let's be honest. Sometimes if you have these uh, chapters show up in your Bible reading guide, maybe we could just skip to chapter 10. Maybe it would just be easier for us to, to say, okay, there's a bunch of names of a bunch of people. I'm going to skip to chapter 10 where we actually start talking about actual events that are happening. Let's get to the good part. I want to remind ourselves of a specific truth that we have covered two weeks in a row. Can anybody remember what that specific truth is? Thank you, Dad. <laughs> Whew, we made it. <laughs> I was just about ready to give a help out. But yeah, uh, there are no wasted pages in God's Word. There's not. 
This is a fact. God does not waste space in the Bible on truths that are not relevant for my life today. But let's face it, those truths are a bit harder to dig for in chapters 1 through 9 of 1 Chronicles. <laughs> and that's why we're, we're coming here today to, to go to that road less traveled, those, those things that maybe are a little harder to dig for, but maybe, just maybe, they are relevant to our lives today in a way that we haven't considered. So the first question is, why is this information here? Like any family tree, the one who cares the most about the family tree are usually the people whose family it represents. You will find that you probably care more about your family history than people that don't belong to your family, just like all of those family photos that we just talked about. So these chapters that we see here in the, the book of First Chronicles, these chapters would matter absolutely to the people that they represented, the, the people that would look back and say, this is where I come from. This is who I am. This defines who I am. This defines what God, God called me to be. And yet, we ask, well, how is this relevant to me? We, as the New Testament church, have been grafted into this family. So this family tree that we see calling out all the way back to the time of Adam is my family tree. This is a part of my family. So these chapters matter because of that. It, it traces families from the beginning, from Adam, all the way to the, the 4th and 5th century BC, to these exiles that are returning. If we look at, at the, the names that are called out here, we see names like Adam. We see names like Noah, like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And in each of these names, we see a demonstration of God's faithfulness. A reminder of who God is and who God was to those people. And what do we know? That Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That God doesn't change. The God that is faithful to Adam. The God who is faithful to Noah the God who is faithful to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is the same God who is faithful to me. This faithfulness goes on for generation to generation to generation. If we look at these names, if we look at this genealogy that's being called out, and it includes testimonies about God's faithfulness, but it, it also includes testimonies of, of our own unfaithfulness. There are people that are talked about in this, this list of names that messed up, that did stupid, stupid things. And yet that did not disqualify them. we do stupid things? <laughs> and yet we are not disqualified. We are not removed from the kingdom of God. 
God is faithful to his name, that he is gracious and compassionate. He is slow to anger. He is abounding in love to a thousand generations. These chapters also include the the cottage industry known as uh, Jabez Prayer. His name actually means pain which is probably a prophecy for the way his life would be misused in in the 20th century. Um, For those of you that that don't know, this is kind of an inside church joke, is I think early 2000s maybe there is this this book that, that got put together that was based off of like a verse, two verses, I think it's nine and ten, um, that here was a man who was praying to God that he would receive blessing, that his territory would be enlarged. And a well-meaning person read that and, and took that, and without any mind for context, without any mind for what was going on with that man in that time, in that moment, grabbed it and immediately started applying it to 20th century life. And it became a a way where we could just pray and say, God, bless me and enlarge my territory. Give me more money. Give me the things that I want. That's not what this is about. Our approach to 1 Chronicles 1 through 9 changes when we start looking at the structure of the passages and the verses that we see, and we start looking at why it has been written. If we stop for just a moment and consider the different sections that we find in these nine chapters, there's this outline that starts to show, and if you look at it as kind of a graph that comes up like this and then it comes back down, that's the way that that we can kind of understand these names. So we start and we have the the world before Israel. That's, That's chapter one. And then we come and we have the sons of Israel. And that's where we see chapter two. And then we come up and we have Judah, the the tribe of King David. And that's important. That's a big deal. And where he falls in this structure is a big deal. Then we have the tribes of Israel. We have the descendants of Levi. That Levi is important. Why is he important? He's important because he's a priest. He's important because his line are the ones that are actually fulfilling the duties of of interceding between the people and God. And so we have the the priests through chapter six and and they kind of make their way over this ark. And then we have the, the tribes of Israel that have been defeated now in chapter seven. And in chapter eight, they talk about King Saul. In the tribe of Benjamin. And notice how early on they talked about King David and how long they waited to talk about King Saul. There's some emphasis on who was greater. Then they, they talk about all of Israel and Israel being reestablished in chapter 9. So in looking at this structure, this, this curve, if you will, we find that there are two important roles that are being talked about in second, first and second Chronicles. Priests and kings. This doesn't have to be 
super complicated. <laughs> this is talking about priests and kings. The priests are mentioned in the middle of this structure at the peak, like we talked about. And ultimately, Chronicles demonstrates that there is a need for a better priest, and that there is a need for a better king. A, a king from the line of David. If we read Chronicles later on, after we get out of those, those nine chapters, you, you start to see that this is getting built out. You start to see in, in Chronicle, First Chronicles, there's this talk of kings and priests, and, and we get to the story, right? And we say, okay, I can follow along now. I understand. But the first nine chapters are showing us the, the framework of what is being talked about. One of the things that you'll find if you start reading through First and Second Chronicles, and if you've been reading the Bible in order, you, you start to kind of scratch your head a little bit, and you say, man, I could have sworn I just read this. Is, is there a, a typo in my Bible? What, what is going on here? Because everything that I'm reading seems like I just read it in First and Second Kings. <laughs> this seems oddly familiar. And so what can happen sometimes is we start getting in our heads and we say, well, man, if this is all the same, then maybe this, I can just skip through this part and, and get caught up a little bit. And we, we stop moving forward with that. I don't, I don't need to read this again. However, there is some important facts that we need to recognize. If we look at the Hebrew Bible, Kings and Chronicles aren't right next to each other. They're, they're separated. And the opening genealogy that we see in 1 Chronicles sets the story of Israel in the history of the entire world. Remember, it starts with Adam. The very, very beginning. And as we go through it in the next weeks, we're going to talk more about the overall story of First and Second Chronicles, that, that book that maybe is sometimes getting skipped. And when you start looking at, at the choices that were made to omit certain aspects of certain stories, we start seeing where, where certain aspects of who David was that are called out in First and Second Kings maybe aren't talked about in First and Second Chronicles. And, and you see new things that are talked about for David in First and Second Chronicles that, that were never mentioned in First and Second Kings. And what we see is the chronicler is starting to build a picture of just what a better David looks like. Who is that better David? Jesus. And so we start seeing that Chronicles is relevant to us today because it's pointing to the Savior of the world. And what happens is oftentimes reading plans that, that we put together, and please understand, I'm not knocking a Bible reading plan, okay? Don't be like, well, Pastor Matt said we don't need to use these anymore. No. But what I will say is that if you are trying to read through your daily reading plan and it has you going through the book of First Chronicles chapter by chapter, and you are going to have nine days straight of just reading names, that's probably not how this is supposed to happen. Honestly, you probably need to read all nine chapters, Get through it, because it's 
It's an encapsulated thing. It, it's there for a reason. It, it is there for us to understand the structure of what it is we're getting into. And it's when we start reading these names chapter by chapter that it's easy for us to get stuck in grabbing these little puffs of meaning like the prayer of Jabez where we say, oh, look at this. Finally, something that I, that I can grab onto that, that makes sense. And, and we take that and we, we run with it, maybe sometimes in the completely wrong direction. Now, don't get me wrong. Are there areas of scripture specifically in these nine chapters that are beautiful, that are amazing, that are, are encouraging to us? Yes, 100% yes. But sometimes when we don't read scripture the way it's intended to be read, we lay a trap for ourselves. The point of this story is to introduce Israel's history with a focus of priests and kings. In the end, First Chronicles 1 through 9 are not chapters that we're called to skip. <laughs> it's something that we are, are called to read, that we're called to, to recognize the intention behind it. How do you recognize intention? We have to see the whole forest, right? Sometimes we, we, we have that saying of, you know, was it seeing missing the forest through the trees, something like that. Uh, it is easy for us to get focused so much on this person's name, on this specific event, on this specific people group, to miss the larger structure of what it is that, that we're looking at here. But First Chronicles 1 through 9 has an entire structure that's pointing forward to something that is incredibly relevant for our lives today. And so often we're accustomed to reading verse by verse, chapter by chapter, trying to, to mine for devotional truth. And, and what can we mine for devotional truth here? I mean, if somebody came to me and asked the question, you know, what, what is it that we're getting out of this particular part of Scripture? Sometimes it's just like, well, that God's faithful through history. And, you know, sometimes that, that's as good as you get, right? And it's like, well, but surely there's more than that. <laughs> there has to be more than that. And I mean, God's faithfulness isn't anything for us to be sneezing at, but isn't there more? And there is. Because God's story from beginning to end points to Jesus. And so what we see is this part of Scripture, just like everything else, points to Jesus, points to the need for a better priest, points to the need for a better king. And that's the point. That was always the point. And you say, well, but Matt, how did, how did they know that was the point? I mean, this was, was years and years and years and years before Jesus ever, ever stepped foot on the earth. And God knew. 
The Holy Spirit knew that this was what was going to take place, that this was, was how things were going to be structured, how things were going to be framed. Nothing in God's word is wasted space. We're going to let you out early today because I talk fast. Um, but I want to take some time for us to have some prayer time today. And for us to be able to come together and to minister to one another, to, to pray if there is a need that exists. And, and we haven't been doing this for a couple of weeks, but I do want to do this. If, if you have a need this morning, if you need prayer, and you don't have to share what that prayer is, if you have a need, then I just want to invite you to come forward uh, just come to the front, face forward, hands open, ready to receive. And nobody's going to embarrass you. Nobody's going to, you know, make you, you know, speak into a microphone or anything like that. All we want to do is to come and pray with you. And so if that's a need that exists, so just right now, even, you know, as we're talking, if you have that need, come on forward. Um, we want to, to pray with you and agree with you. Um, and as those people come, if as you are feeling led to come and, and pray, then let's do that. Let's join with these people in agreement. And, and if you want to share what your need is with that person that's praying for you, then absolutely do that. And if that's not something that you're wanting to share at this point, then we can pray blessing. God, we see what you are doing in this person's life. They have, have made a decision to come and hear more from me. We ask that you would bless what you're doing in their life, and that there would be more of it. So if that is you this morning, if you have a need that, that you want to, to come forward, whether it's, it's something that is spiritual need, maybe you have a physical need for healing, maybe you have a need for provision, whatever that need may be, God is bigger. God is sufficient. God is enough. God loves you. And he wants you to know that. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are faithful, just as we have, have proclaimed over and over and over again that you do what you say. God, we thank you for your word that proclaims Jesus, for your word that, that proclaims a better name, a better king, a better priest, one that, that is complete. We thank you for that. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like more information about Wood Street Chapel, check out our website, woodstreetchapel.org, or email us, info at woodstreetchapel.org. Connect with us on Facebook to stay in the loop. 